Hey, what's up? David Scales here for The Grit. Chas Smith will be joining us in just a moment. Today's actually April 11th. It's Saturday, April 11th. Chaz and I recorded an episode on schedule and on time yesterday, April 10th, but I botched the audio. We're trying to do it remotely and we had some technical difficulties. We actually had Ron Shine from Board Porn dial in and so we had a three-way going and uh, I botched it. The files were ultimately corrupt and were not able to publish those. The last portion of the show was totally salvageable between Chaz and myself. So Ron was kind enough to take pity on me and my lack of tech savvy. He and I were able to redo the conversation today. So unfortunately, the first portion of whatever Chaz and I got yesterday will never be heard. But the second portion, you'll be able to listen to here or suffer through, depending on uh, your take here. So without further ado, Ron Shine of Board Porn, and then Chaz and I will be back for the last 30 minutes of the show. All right, enjoy. Gladly. Sorry, I botched the last one, man. I feel so terrible. <laughs> no worries at all. Wait, are you, are, you, are you day drinking there? It's 6 p.m. Oh, okay. That's not the daytime. That's plenty well into the evening hours. <laughs> it's yeah. sparkling water too. So Okay. <laughs> um, well, okay. So we'll get straight into it. Uh, Chaz and I caught a lot of flack last week for not fully sympathizing with the plight of New Yorkers and what they're experiencing with coronavirus. Set me straight. What's the scene like both in the city and out in Rockaway? Start wherever you want. Um, okay, so city first. I mean, ground zero, obviously. Uh, more infections than anywhere in the world. Um, you know, more deaths of it than any city in the world. Uh, we're we're basically the capital of this crap right now, unless you're you know, uh, unless we do find out that Wuhan uh, ended up having a lot more fatalities in cases than they ever said they did, which it's coming out more and more that it sounds like that, you know, they may have had up to a hundred thousand people pass, um, which is insane. Um, but, but realistic given what we're dealing with, it's, you know, it's a mess here. It's weird. It's, you know, you look outside, it looks normal. Um, everything's quiet. Uh, people are not obviously going about their business, but today was a sunny day with temperatures in the like lower sixties and people were, in public parks and uh, beaches and boardwalks like crazy. Um, you know, you wouldn't know something's wrong, but I think everybody's home. Everybody's crazy with this. Um, everybody's bored and just feels like they need to get out of the house. But then you're watching them and I'm watching them walk on the boardwalk and bike paths and things like that. And it's it's completely, it, it's too much. It, it gets you, you know, when you see what's going on here, it makes you, your skin crawl when you see people too close to each other. Um, so, so you, uh, work in the city, work in the city and you travel from Rockaway. Yep. Which is also part of the city of New York, but it's a good, the commute is a good hour, uh, to two hours, depending on the day and the traffic each way on the subway. Uh, subway is probably an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and 30, depending on connections and trains or, you know, longer if things get bad. The I, I take a, a bus that goes almost door to door to where okay. I work in Midtown, and you know, so I'm at the whim of traffic. Uh, Got it. Yeah. And when did you stop going into the office? March twelfth was my last day. So it's been a so, full month. Yes. So it's just about just shy of a full month. And, and uh, yeah. And um, 
tell me about how closely has this tragedy hit for you? Do you know anybody who's been infected or afflicted? Um, so I've known a number of both friends and clients um, that have been affected, inflicted. Um, I lost a 42-year-old uh, client uh, who has was leaves behind his wife and four children. Um, and the whole thing is weird because so many people are passing that it's it's quiet. You're not seeing announcements. Like, not that you'd expect big announcements anytime anybody passes, but it's just so much of it is is kind of getting swept under the rug. Um, but everybody now knows somebody who is sick, was sick, or um, and it's gotten to the point where most people know somebody uh, firsthand who passed. So it's it, it's it's large enough without being overwhelming. But the, it's like this invisible enemy that we're all afraid of here in a way that right. I think it hasn't touched a lot of other areas of the country in the same way. Why do you think that uh, you saw so many people out and about today? If it has touched nearly every person there and they all know yeah. somebody, why do you think they're out and about still? I think everybody goes, I'm going to go out and go to the park and walk around and thinking that that's their good idea, that nobody else is going to have that idea. And they get right. there and they see a full parking lot and they're like, well, I'm already here, so might as well do it. It's the same thing with the beaches and the boardwalk and surfing. We're seeing more surfers than we would see on some summer days or at least it's equal to, to high summer holiday days. Um, and I think it's because a lot of people just have nothing to do and they're, or, you know, like, good idea, I'll go out there, you're not going to catch it out in the water. Um, same thing, ditto, the, the people walking on the boardwalk um, think that, you know, I'll go out, get some fresh air, I'll walk the boardwalk. And meanwhile, if you pull up a surf cam in Rockaway and you could check it on the surf cam rewind, go anytime around midday today and you just watch crowds of people walking by on the boardwalk both directions going right by each other and forget six feet they're not even three feet apart um it, it's just nuts i wonder if you'll see a new spike in cases because it's kind of hit this people got real freaked out and everybody went inside for a while yeah and so maybe there was less transfer for a week or two but now we're coming out of it and people feel like they have a certain level of safety again like a false sense of security and then we'll see another spike oh uh, yeah i i think we're going to see periods of spikes and yeah. you know the only thing that's going to get it under control are, are really really heavy-handed tactics like what china's employing like um what google and apple are working on right now the the app that's going to track us and alert us when somebody that's infected is near us or came into contact with us so yeah, it's it's freaky. I mean, this is straight out of, <laughs> you know, conspiracy theorists nightmares. Um, I, I know. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, on the kind of infringement on civil liberties, because that was one of the things that Chaz and I were talking about last week was, yes, public safety is, um, you know, the highest priority. Yeah. But does this set a precedent for future actions where things aren't maybe as dire as they are now, but because we've already broken this limit of what's okay, you know, when it's okay to impinge upon our civil liberties, can they enforce that again in the future or just bust it out whenever? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think they can. Um, what I think is interesting is countries where they and, and cities, even where they, the, the leaders of those cities and countries are completely anti big establishment and anti, you know, the, the, uh, like the deep state conspiracy stuff where they're, they're not about impinging 
individuals' rights um, are going doing these same types of lockdowns, and they're ordering it. I mean, they're seeing no no other alternative. I, I saw the number right. when when we spoke yesterday. The number of overall deaths in the U.S. was pinged at sixteen thousand four hundred. Uh, as of today, it's over twenty thousand. It, wow. And that that was because I picked up the number early yesterday, and yeah. by by late day they released eighteen thousand something. Okay. And today we're over twenty thousand deaths. That's while what is it ninety percent of the country is on lockdown uh, of some sort. So, you know, imagine that number. And that that's the first death in the U.S. that is being attributed and being counted was February 29th. So effectively, just a month and a half, not even a month and a half, we've had right. that many deaths. Um, imagine how bad that would have been had they not put any of these steps into place. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Tell me about the mission that you went on today. That sounded like oh, quite, it, quite it's your really deal. funny. I went on a strike mission, so. Um, when my, uh, my mother passed, uh, three years ago, my brother and I inherited the house we grew up in and we've been very slowly working on it and renovating it and, and trying to figure out if we're going to keep it forever as a family or, or, um, or sell it. We don't want to rent it. We don't want to become landlords, anything like that, but it's something that we're both keeping and working on. And we slowly go out and work on it together. And we had, um, bought paper towels, <laughs> like big loads of paper towels when we were initially doing the cleaning and stuff. And uh, unfortunately, th those paper towels, there's about 60 rolls of like the highest quality triple ply bounty that are in the, our garage out there. Well, they were right next to the bird seed that we would put in the outside bird feeders. And the mice got into it and everything is peppered with mice poo which oh. it, you know in and of itself is gross but you know when we're dealing with coronavirus we don't want to also deal with the hantavirus which i wouldn't have even probably thought twice about i would have thought okay we could just shake this off and we'll be okay but my brother one of his college roommates died of hantavirus which he, i think it's hantavirus i want to make sure i got the right one but he got from cleaning his attic of mice poop um so yeah, it's Whoa. one of these things where it's now so in you, my head, and so, <laughs> so if, I, I mean, if it wasn't hentavirus, you would develop some brand new COVID twenty, you oh, know, yeah. some new yeah. some new disease <laughs> that gets sprouted out of all of this. Um, yeah. So you lost sixty rolls of paper towels. I left them there. I told my brother if he's more comfortable using them, uh, you know, because we've been we had so many cleaning products in there in the house and stuff that we've been slowly chipping away at um, yeah. with cleaning the house. That yeah. Um, because it was a house that went unlived in for years and it, it just, it, it had, it was also, my mom had like a ton of cats it, and we were just like cleaning everything out. And um, so that we had something like, I don't know, 20 rolls of uh, 20 tubes of those, um, the, the bleach wipes. So like all the things you can't buy in stores, yeah, we had them stocked up there. But part of them were ones that were legacy leftover from my, when my mom was alive, and part of them were ones we went out and bought for the purposes of cleaning the place. So, so it's our like little um, place where we go when we're like, "Hi, huh, I really wish I had this." Oh yeah, we probably have some out there. So, mm -hmm. took the ride out today for bounty because you can't get paper towels anywhere, and. Um, the only thing I've been able to find is once every couple of weeks, I could get a roll, a three pack rolls of the Trader Joe's ones, which 
they're basically the same consistency as toilet paper. So they get yeah. wet and they crumble apart. And uh, yeah. yeah, I know first world problems that, that we no. don't know. <laughs> no, but it is, it's a real yeah. deal, man. Um, yeah. What do you, so you live in Rockaway, you live yeah. across the street from the beach? Is live it across across the street from the so I live one block over from the beach. So between my gotcha. my my block and the beach is uh, there's these towers that are lower income. They're fixed income towers where it's filled generally with um, a lot of teachers, firefighters, police officers, stuff like that. Um, so that's the only thing between my backyard and the beach, um, which is so. What I wanted to hear you yeah. speak on is. Uh, there's a lot of people listening right now who think they can still go to the beach. They can still go yeah. surf because they're not putting anybody at risk. Like they're probably not interacting with any other humans and they can go surf, come back and not put themselves at risk or anybody else. What's your view on that? As somebody who lives at the beach, how do you feel about seeing what you said? It's as yeah. crowded now as it is in the summertime sometimes. So oh, what yeah. are your thoughts? Um, I think it's what a really say to them. See, I, I've gotten a lot of heat over this on my Instagram, just posting things about this, but I feel like it's um, one of the most insensitive things people are doing is coming to the beach uh, from all over the city while this is going on, while we're in a, this small little environment. Uh, Rockaway is a peninsula, it's but it's a peninsula in the form of a barrier beach. It's a pain in the ass to get to from anywhere. Um, the people that are coming in, it's predominantly Brooklyn. It's just Brooklyn is the most populous place in, in the city. So it's where most of the people live and young adults live and work. Um, despite, you know, what, what people think about living on the beach, Rockaway is uh, one of the most affordable places you can live in all of New York City, either rent or uh, buy a home. You can't find cheaper property anywhere. It's uh, like the forgotten hamlet of New York City, where it was an add-on from it bought from another county for the city to dump its vagrants way back when. And it's kept very much kept that presence. The only time we got attention from the city was post uh, 2001, when we had one of the, uh, about a month after September 11th, um, or a couple months after September 11th, a plane crashed here full of people that was on the way to Dominican Republic and landed in a neighborhood taking out people on the ground as well. Um, so we got a little bit of attention from that, from the city. Then uh, after obviously uh, Superstorm Sandy, we got a lot of attention from the city. They rebuilt the yeah. boardwalk. Um, but you know, once a year, a politician will come out here, make a stand, make some grand speech. And, and then uh, we've, we've, they've, we're supposed to put in jetties that run the length of Rockaway pretty much to protect the barrier beach that we are. And that was supposed to be after Hurricane Sandy shortly after, and that was 2000, what was it, 2011, 2012, I guess. Um, we're still waiting. We're here, we are, 2020. And it was supposed to start, I believe, this coming fall, but I'm sure that'll be pushed back because of this. Gotcha. You know, if they even have, if the government still has the money to do it. So, so um, insensitivity. Insensitivity. Surfers. So, what we saw was when Hurricane Sandy hit, and so many of us lost our homes and were flooded out and lost like lost half our belongings, things like that. The very next day, people were showing up in cars to go surfing uh, from outside of Rockaway while while Rockaway was just in total devastation. It looked it looked like total devastation. Um, cars upturned, you know, it, all houses were you know tilted, um, sand 
two feet deep all over everything and, and pieces of boardwalk. We had a piece of boardwalk pierce our garage door and go through it. It was kind of, I mean, we could see all this happening. It was the scariest thing. We, I was in uh, at home with my family during Hurricane Sandy watching the water rise seven feet around our house was <laughs> no picnic. So when yeah. we saw people come down afterwards and surf right after, it was like, it, it, it just felt really, really yucky. It was like it felt like somebody going out and surfing during a war, um, yeah. Where it's just like, what are you doing? You know, right. um, surfers are selfish, though. We are, we all are. You know, and, and my wife said to me while I'm preaching that people shouldn't surf here, and I'm not surfing. Uh, she said, you know, if you were unmarried and you didn't have kids, would you care? You know, would you still be surfing if we lived in Brooklyn? You know, and I'm thinking, and I'm, I might. I don't know. I'd like to think I'd be more sensible than that. Um, Especially because the the other thing is it's not about clogging the water, which the water is just clogged, but it's about everybody that heads out in a car. If something happens to that car, whether it breaks down or, or you, somebody blows a red light and and blows into you, you're going to take away necessary services that should be directed towards helping people that are victims of this, this pandemic first and foremost. And, you know, once this is well and over, absolutely fine. Everything goes, but it's it's just weird. You know, again, the other thing that's different than California, because when I when I post things about this, I get a lot of California flack, is that in California, a lot of the seaside communities um, living across from the beach is like as expensive as it gets. Whereas here, the poor live on the beach, and right. the what what I paid for this house that I live in wouldn't get me a, a nice one bedroom in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It just wouldn't. Um, right. So, and that's, that's a fact. And what I paid in rent before I bought this house um, wouldn't get me any apartment, not even a studio in, in Brooklyn, um, in right. any of the fashionable neighborhoods that everybody comes in from. So th- there's that. So there is the taking advantage component where it's like, we feel like, okay, you go, you go back to your cozy Disneyland where you're surrounded by restaurants and whole foods and uh, you know, we just had our local CVS, the only CVS in the neighborhood, just shut down. Oh, shut really? down like that. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because they I can't get supplies? Don't, or? don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing maybe people got sick. That's usually why some of the places have been closing down when staff get sick so they could clean out. But I haven't heard exactly why. But um, that just shut down the other day. And it's one of these things where the grocery stores still, you go in and it's like a free for all where there's no rhyme, you know, here, there's no. Um, no rules within the grocery store. It's like everybody's standing right next to each other. People are walking around like they're, it's just a regular shopping day. It's, it's weird. There's almost a sense here. Um, some people are, ve- are understandably very concerned and very scared, but then there's the others that uh, almost, you know, oh, it's not going to get me. It'll get the next guy uh, right. type thing. They're, they're just kind of, you're reaching for a salad or, or a steak and somebody reaches over your shoulder and it's like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's I know. I, uh, I know I said this to you yesterday, um, but I feel like if we had a black light that yeah. could just illuminate where the virus was floating through the air on services, you absolutely wouldn't go outside. You would heed oh, yeah. the CDC's yeah. warnings and you would stay inside for the two weeks, knowing whatever I saw outside in that black light would die in a two week period. Yeah. I would stay inside and tell everybody else to do the same thing. And that's essentially what we're dealing with. We just yeah. can't see it. 
Well, that's it. I think when it gets to the point where they do the antibody test and where they can really see who has it, who had it, um, things like that, I think we're going to see huge chunks of the population in certain areas that were affected, that were infected. Uh, because the other thing is that a good number, and they don't know the exact percentage of infected individuals, are a- totally asymptomatic. Right. I, I had a client that he and his two kids were asymptomatic. His wife had the mildest flu symptoms. They were all tested positive for COVID. They were in the initial cluster. That's one of the clusters that started in New York City in a little town called New Rochelle, yeah. uh, just outside of New York City. And he was like known as Patient Zero in Manhattan. He worked at. He was a lawyer in a small trust in the state's law firm. And um, yeah, the, the, his whole community got it. It was an, um, a, a Jewish community. That, and I guess everybody that was affiliated with that temple was tested. And a lot of people ended up getting uh, the spread. So crazy. It, yeah. So it's and also, I don't know if you saw the study today from Iceland, because Iceland's in a unique position to sort of um, I look at these things in a way that few countries can. They were they were the first country and probably the only country on earth at this point that did a full genome uh, scanning of the entire country, the entire population. So if you're Icelandic, you could go on their government website and basically plug in your name and plug in the name of somebody you met at a bar and you could find out how you're related to them. Wow. Um, so you get to see if you're fifth cousins or sixth cousins. It's a, it's a right. really... <laughs> Really kind of cool thing. And uh, I, uh, at one point, I had a friend over there. Two, I was over there a few times, but in uh, at one point I was over there and I asked her to show me how she's connected, uh, you know, to the obvious ones, Bjork. And, it, you know, it's, it's funny because you could actually see the connection. Um, the, That's amazing. Uh, so they just did a test and their test was saying something to the effect of, um, they say around 50% of the randomly tested people that tested positive for it were totally asymptomatic, oh, which wow. is, which means that, you know, it's good. It's building herd immunity, but it's also scary because, you know, if you don't know if you're going to be asymptomatic or not. Um, exactly. Your friend or not your friend, but your client who died, who was 43, was he in good health? Otherwise? 42. It's one of these where it's hard to ask. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard anything and maybe I, I don't think any news article is going to say anything on it, but I don't know. You know, and okay. most most people, unless um, unless you're really close to them, you don't know. Um, you know, and and there there are people that have issues that you just never hear about until it comes up in conversation. So, right, this is one where it's um, you know I don't know, but then again, star athletes are dying young, right? With this, it, right? I think you know, there's probably a genetic component to it. There's probably um, a luck component to it, a level of infection. Um, who knows, you know, when was the last time you surfed, uh, just over two weeks ago. So it would have been about two and a half weeks ago and, uh, March 27th. Why did you decide that that would be your last session? So I hadn't gone in for about a week and a half before a week and change before that. And there were waves every day. And what I was seeing was every time I flip on the cameras packed, just packed lineups, packed boardwalk, packed beach, um, because we had a run of really nice weather and really fun waves. And so I waited. Um, I, I just wasn't going to surf. And I'm like, one of these days, people just won't be out there. People will get over it. They'll you know, have gotten their fix. And I finally went out one evening uh, with my neighbor um, across the street. We were in contact. And 
uh, called him and said, let's meet at this jetty. He actually texted me and said, no, go to this other one. I checked it out. So we went down, uh, we're surfing and it, it's a place where nobody ever surfs. It doesn't really break. I mean, it's a, I'll send you a video. It's a shitty wave. It's a shitty wave amongst shitty waves. And, um, a guy paddles right out towards us, <laughs> you know, even though nobody ever surfs there, there's so many peaks all over the place. So many other jetties, he paddles straight towards us. And I, I did one of these, you know, beat it, beat it. Um, <laughs> and he, he was kind he, he, he got it and he was like that. And he paddled down the beach and paddled to, um, about, I don't know, a couple hundred yards down where there was a little crowd, like 10 people that were sitting on top of each other. And, um, I, I'm just, yeah, it, it's just wild. It's um, so why why did you decide that you wanted to surf after that? It just I said okay. I'm first of all I'm risking myself every time I leave the house. Second of all, you know, going to this where I know I'm going to be out someday and somebody's going to paddle and sit on me. And what, what am I going to do? Get in a physical fight because some idiot wants to get too close to me because they see me get waves at a place that they've never surfed and you know I'm only surfing to get away from people. Right. Um, you know, and it, it's just one of these things. Then, then the boardwalk itself gets crowded. And if it's offshore, I, I waited till it was onshore that day. But if it's offshore and you're sitting in the water, and there are crowds on the beach and crowds on the boardwalk, um, you know, it's if it's air, really airborne, as they're saying, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot of risk. It's a well, lot of risk for a crappy session. Oh, it's it's even it's risk for a good session. You know, and totally. I, somebody said. Uh, Early on, I, I read something, and they were saying if somebody gave you a bag of M and M's or Skittles, and they said, you know, two of them, two of the M and M's in this bag are going to kill you or could, might kill you. Are you going to eat from that bag and take that chance, or are you going to, you know, right, right, just skip it? And then so I, I decided to not eat the M and M's. Good, and it kills me because I'm. It's right there. <laughs> you love M and M's. You're an addict. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been informative. And I think, um, the more people I talk to, uh, I just, I wasn't taking it nearly seriously enough, uh, yeah. at least for the first few weeks. And now that I have a couple of different touchstones of people who have been directly affected and just more perspective on it, I think it's given me a much more sympathetic view. And also I'm curtailing my behavior, you know, because of it. So this has been yeah. great. It's tough because again, it's not hitting everywhere with the same ferocity as it's hitting here. And it's one of these right. things where, you know, even though it's hitting here, you go outside, you don't feel it. You just feel the eeriness and you see a neighbor and they, they see you and you, you either do one of these where you kind of take a step back from one another or, uh, you know, just coming out of the house. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we don't want, even though it's not, uh, that, tragic here yet in Southern California, we don't want it to be like yeah. it is in New York City. And so this information is helpful. And hopefully uh, people will abide. Well, I, so. I think you guys are lucky you got shut down before things were too hectic there before things got yeah. really bad. We took too long to do it. It was already bad. And it was already widespread by the time we shut down. So there's nothing you could do. And now the only thing we could do is fight it by staying home. That's it. Right. Um, you know, I took a big risk today for bounty. And, you know, it's one of these things where it, it's, yeah, I, first of all, good luck with uh, trying to get anything like that at a grocery store here. But it was one of these things where I just said, I, I, we're running out of paper towels. I have two young kids. We go through paper towels like, um, 
<laughs> like crazy. Yeah. And, you know, so I said to my wife on the way home, she was with me and I said, I, I th think we're going to have to start going with cloth and washing. I said, maybe it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, it could it's, be. Um, environmentally better. So that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, enjoy Easter tomorrow. Yep. You too. Likewise. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah I'll and, see you uh, on the internet. See you on the internet and we'll hopefully get a surf <laughs> in one of these days when things clear up, maybe in the fall, maybe we'll see if I maybe. get out there. So it's a low, low priority for me. At this yeah. Point. Oh, surfing with me. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> surfing in yeah. general. I know. I know. All right. Well, stay safe Thank over you, there. Yep. Take care. I will. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, it's running now. Okay, good. Boom. We're back in action. We're back in action. Man, I'll tell you Dude. what, people. Quarantining is the worst. Quarantined podcasts are lame. This, I mean, it really does make me uh, crave human contact right now. I mean, completely. And the show gets all off because it doesn't find its rhythm ever. It's going to be, we're yeah. never going to catch up with Dave Prodan with this show. Dang, Dave Prodan, we should have never advertised for him. Never, never. We vaulted him into superstardom, the world's leading surf podcast, Dave Prodan. Just, just think. Just stepped on our back and leapt into the future. Joe Rogan, watch out. Dave Prodan is coming. He's coming for you. Did you uh, Did you hear Rogan backing Trump the other day? No. He got heat for that. Yeah, it was, it had some guest on and it was like, I got to vote for Biden is the guest was bombed that Biden Biden or that Bernie dropped out and Biden's the candidate and Joe Rogan's like, are you kidding me? I'm not voting for Biden. I'll vote for Trump over that dude. Oh, wow. Yep. Nope. I've been keeping up with Joe Rogan lately, but, and you're we're too busy making podcasts. What we're doing, we're totally. making all kinds of them. So can I offer you some quarantine content? Yes. Lockdown surf film festival.com. The London Ooh. Surf Film Fest is now making themselves available online for everybody in the world. I interviewed Nathan Myers yesterday about a film that he made in 2012 called Here and Now, where the entire film was shot in one day. They employed 25 surfers and filmmakers around the world, including Kelly Slater in Fiji and Cristobal, Cristobal Del Cole down in Peru and everybody in between. And they all made a film, film on... Yeah, they all made a film on May 2nd. So I interviewed Nathan about that, and that is streaming for 24 hours starting 24 minutes ago um, on LockdownSurfFilmFestival.com. And they've got other films on other days. So even if you miss that film, you can watch others tomorrow and the following day. Uh, really cool idea, though. And from free, from every, everything I can see, the, the London Surf Film Festival is a real cracker. It's a real looks like a real good one. Totally. And I misspoke, I think yesterday or the day before about um, that they were doing this as a replacement for their film fest. I guess their film fest will be taking place in October as well. But this is kind of a bonus for everybody. Just think how busy this coming fall is going to be. All the things that got pushed Dude. from spring to fall. Fall is going to be chalk a block with things to do without other people. Imagine the new pandemic that'll spread and how rapidly it'll spread in the fall. Wow. I wonder what it's going to be. Uh, COVID-20. <laughs> set it here. Man, with, with the COVID real quick, once you get it, uh, you're not, I know you're not immune, but you just have the antibodies so that if you get it again, it's not as severe. Is that the thinking there? I don't know. I haven't heard that. Hmm. 
That makes sense though, because people who have gotten it seem to be uh, not worried about. They are like in the clear. Yeah, that's there. Does it does it show that you are a dirty, dirty non hand washer? If I contracted it, I'd be apprehensive to tell anybody because um, of, it's of a the, scarlet letter in the sense that you then probably gave it to other people too. Like you have to do that math. It's almost like an STD where yeah. you're like, oh shoot, who do I have to contact to let them know that they may now have the herp? The uh, do you think that if we made shirts, I survived the coronavirus? Uh, they would be good sellers or not, but you could, you'd have to prove that you actually had the coronavirus in order to get the shirt. I don't think they'd be good sellers. You don't think so? They you answer think- your question. <laughs> <laughs> like, I survived COVID-19. I mean, we're all in this together, so we all survived it together. But if it said like, I actually was a carrier. Yeah then that I don't think those would sell very good. You don't think so? I might have given COVID. I might have given you COVID. You could have caught COVID from me. <laughs> I don't know. Test them out. Put them on beachgrid.com. Well, so I guess we will. I guess we're going to have to. Um, the other quarantine content that people should be aware of is dirty water. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Give me the sales pitch. Is is dirty water the um, uh, Michael Oblovitz film? No, it's oh, your I'm podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your podcast with no. Derek. Oh yeah, D- Derek. Yeah, sorry, sorry. What is the what's the Olivet's film called? That heavy water. Heavy water. <laughs> Wait, isn't that the name of your guys' podcast? Dirty, yeah, dirty water. water? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Dirty water. Sorry, okay. sorry. Yeah, dirty water. Me and Derek Riley. This is this is where tech is good. Te- tech is not good when you live an hour away from each other or where you can meet in the middle and each drive 30 minutes. But tech is good when one of you lives in Bondi, Australia, which is where Derek lives. So yeah, dirty water, Derek and I taking a crack at just a surf conversation between him and I, uh, every week. And I think we're, we've been putting them up on Saturday, which is probably not a good time to put podcasts up. Is it David Lee? But well, who, it's not like people have to listen live. The benefit is they can listen whenever they want. So it yeah, doesn't matter when it goes up. That's true. So drops on Beach Grit on Saturday. But yeah, just a, a fun conversation between me and Derek. Derek Riley is one of the most phenomenal personalities in surf, I think. I He, he never, never doesn't tickle my funny bone, that Derek Riley. So just being able to converse with him weekly is fun for me. And also, I think people don't get enough of Derek. Yeah, he's 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 not very out front. And even with his writing on Beach Grit, he writes fewer pieces than you do. So he just uh, people want more, and so I think this is a great opportunity for people to scratch that itch. Yeah, Derek Riley, it's completely worth listening to for Derek. I th- I feel that I'm so overloaded in everybody's space. I do way yeah. too much stupid stuff, but. It's worth listening to Dirty Water, both for Nathan Fletcher and for Derek Riley. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> hey, let's take a quick commercial break to try to pay for all of our huge expenses here in running this podcast. And then we'll be back after that. I'm going to come back with Barrel or Not and also a few positive COVID stories. I mean, that's what we're here for. Positivity. All right. All right I'll be back. We'll be back. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. 
Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Chaz, welcome back to The Grit, April 10th. I'm so thankful for the N95 masks and the hand sanitizer that both were advertised. Yes. Uh, you know what the great, one of the positive things to happen with this whole COVID crisis? Tell me. Fewer stories about politics in the news. Oh, they're gone. They're entirely vanished. Well, especially with Joe Biden, like, cooking the, getting the nod. Now it's just boring. Now we literally have a senile, a senile man running against somebody that most people don't like. Or, I mean, not that most people don't like Trump. Trump at least is funny. Trump makes good content. He's an entertaining man. Biden's not neither entertaining nor politically valuable in any way, shape, or form. I can't believe that's who the Dems put up. Yeah. I like well, that we just give um, a heavy dose of politics while not talking about politics. But I mean, that's so that is, it's a reprieve from all of that. Every single day, most of the news was about either the Democratic, you know, um, nominee, that whole thing, or Trump, something that Trump did. It's been nice to not have to hear that stuff every single day. Do you think it's Trump replaced, is- of course, with horror of the virus, but still, it's nice to not listen to politics all day, every day. Do you think uh, Trump is, is jealous of COVID for stealing his thunder? <laughs> he has talked about how his ratings are up because of COVID. So that's pretty funny thinking about your ratings. But I bet his ratings are probably down now thanks to COVID because he only has one part of the COVID story, right? His his press conference stuff and I guess the decisions he makes. But yeah, like COVID, COVID gets to have a lot of other actors in it. COVID gets Andrew Cuomo. COVID gets, did you see Andrew Cuomo's nipple rings? I did. Yeah. I I don't know how you could deny that those were nipple rings like he tried to deny. (laughs) Did he say they were suspenders? No. Did he did he give any explanation at all? I just his I ex, saw his ex-girlfriend said, do not body shame him. And that's all I read. So she's basically admitting that he she, does. She just him. said, do not she's no, she, I think she said he does not, but even if he did, body shaming is not cool or something. It wasn't even even if he did. She said he does not and don't body shame, I think. That is but, so stupid. But it's not body, body shaming. shaming. No, it's, it's not body nipple. shaming at all. If you get nipple rings, then you have nipple rings. It's not body shaming yeah. to point them out in a picture. No, 
hilarious though that he yeah. does and they're they're the bars it's not a full <laughs> ring like a bull ring it's the bars <laughs> that guy is a is a freak dude did he's he, right up there with joe exotic did he try to deny he's totally a joe exotic move did he try to deny that they were or did he just not address the controversy the nipplegate i i saw a um a headline but i didn't read the article that he his people said that they were suspenders Oh my goodness! How do you you're wearing who suspenders, wears suspenders underneath your polo un, shirt? Under a white polo shirt makes zero sense. By the way, how proud are mommy, mom, and dad Cuomo? Oh, real proud. They got Mario. I mean, Mario is dad, right? And then who's Chris? Well, is Chris on CNN? Right? Or is yeah, he MSNBC. Chris, I'm, I have no idea. I used to watch him on Dateline back in the day. Yeah. Chris Cuomo is the most handsome articulate and also sympathetic. Like I look at that guy and I just feel like he is feeling, you know, the plight of whoever it is that he's interviewing or doing an expose on great head of hair, super handsome. And then you got the governor, of New York, you got Andrew over there with his, with his nipple rings, just running a couple of, so he's not only a governor, he's also a kinky. He's into kink. Yeah. Parents have to be so proud. <laughs> Mario, Mario Cuomo. Um, so following up from our last show, have you signed up for TikTok yet? Uh, no, I still need to. It's funny. Uh, I came home and I thought exactly like have young daughter do something with surf news. I ran it by her and she was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'll do it. Um, and then I was thinking, mm, okay, what's it actually going to be? So I'm still, I'm in the planning stages. It's still happening. Uh, I'm well, just- in that, in that amount of time, in that amount of time, you've left seven million followers on the table that you could have garnered by by now. Um, I really, I think the approach is just have her try to explain a beach grid article. Okay, okay, that's it. That's a good. That's what it was last time. I'm gonna get those seven million this week. Let's see how many. How quick do you think it'll grow? Just natively and naturally. I'm gonna guess one million by the next time I talk to you. Okay, okay, done. It's gonna be up today. Starting today. I'm going to start it today, launching today. And the more yeah, the the great thing about this concept is that there's no wrong way to do it. If no. she's wrong about what the article's about, that's still fun. It's better. It's better. Got she's, a good one. she's the star. Got a good one today about a uh, San Diego guy standing in front of the Cardiff kook with a sign reading, Kim Prather is a kook and commies can't surf or something like that. I didn't understand the Protest. commies thing, but... I, uh, he's right about the Kim Prother thing. Yeah. Poor Kim. You and you and I discussed, or I brought up her article last week and, um, you told me it was all a bunch of BS and turns out you're right. I don't know. Did you see her Facebook post addressing I, it? I did. I saw like that she was taken out of context, et cetera, et cetera. She was pretty pissed yeah, that that article seemed... was completely taken out of context and used just for clickbaity headlines. But was it really is the question. That's what Derek Riley proffered up on Beach Grit is if he had a dollar for every time somebody said he had taken them out of context, then he could eat civets at the finest wet market in all of China. She seemed pretty, pretty uh, indignant about it. I don't know. They always are. I understand Derek. I understand Derek's position, but Kim's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. It was the first time I clicked over to Facebook in years, by the way. Uh, you don't you don't post on Facebook? You don't post uh, your um, podcast no. on your on a face on Surf Splendor Facebook? Is there a Surf Splendor Facebook? There has, and I haven't uh, 
haven't posted on it in probably two years. And when I clicked over to read Kim's thing, I saw my notifications. So I went in and like looked and there was messages from listeners that I should have addressed, you know, like I should at least, I should do it for the listeners, at least reply to their messages. But I didn't even know that they were there. I feel bad about Facebook for that same exact reason. I'll go onto Facebook to post a beach grit story, but then get right back off. But then sometimes I'll see like a hundred and whatever notifications and think, Oh, hmm. And click and then see like really thoughtful things that I should have. I know. Like I feel very, very bad. And then, so then I'm just carrying the weight of feeling bad because it's too late to reply to a lot of them. And totally don't, people just don't use Facebook. That's the thing. People need to understand that that is in the list of 10 different types of ways that we communicate nowadays. Facebook messenger is at the very bottom of that list. And so if we don't reply, it's a reflection of, you chose Facebook. the wrong platform. Yeah, it's Facebook yeah. Messenger's fault. Yeah, totally. It's your fault for using it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, how weird is it? How weird is it that our parents' generation, or Kim Prother, for example, is so in love with Facebook as a platform at this? Oh point? man, like that's where you put your screed. That's where you have something serious to say, and you put it on Facebook. But it's just hilarious. think, though. I mean, our our younger kids probably think of us the same way. I mean, our if people have you know, tweens amongst us, uh, they must think parents and their Instagram, like, cause we, you know, everybody just does it on Instagram for us, which is just as silly as Facebook and probably just as aged as Facebook to the tweens. It it's the next step for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Chaz, should we close out this, uh, dumpster fire of a show with barrel or not? Let's barrel or not. We're never catching up today. Pro down with, we're going to lose market share today. Pro down with this show. I mean, that is really a blow to my ego. <laughs> yeah, Dave Prodan, number one. I think they even put it was in all like this a, hard work. I think it was even a hashtag one, like in the article. And it was like sports business pro. It was like a proper sports journal, like number the number one podcast in surfing. Yeah. Oof. You know what I like to think? Here's, here's my response to that. Uh, Julian Schnabel's film last year, At Eternity's Gate, about Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. That that probably got, I don't know, 1% of the views that the most recent Fast and Furious film got. Yep. Right? But it's a lot but better. Do you think, do you think Julian Schnabel is worried about it? Did you know I got to stay with Julian Schnabel in the Pink Palace in New York City? No way. Yeah, I did a week in the Pink Palace with Julian Schnabel. When was this? Uh, six years ago. What was the greatest part of that experience? I mean, it's epic. Uh, for those who don't know, Julian Schnabel basically has a skyscraper. I mean, it's not a skyscraper, but a, I don't even know, 10, Pen- 10 story. No, he has the whole building. It's the entire really? building, it says. Yeah, so it's like a 10-story or 20-story, I don't know how many stories, but building, and it's all his. And so his like, art studio stuff is downstairs in the kind of big, huge vaulted ceiling, you know, first floor. And then there's, yeah, there's floors. It's epic. Not it's probably ten what, stories. And uh, tell me about his life. What's he do? Like, is he married? Does he have kids? What's his personal he, life like? He uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of kids. Uh, he was not married when I was there. He was actually dating uh, wife's friend, and so um, yeah. But he was like super family guy. Like he would go do his art, just like eclectic family guy. Go hmm. to his art in the morning, kind of shuffle around in his bathrobe. Uh, yeah, he had just had a young baby. So he was kind of in having fun as 
father mode. But yeah, he's got a ton of kids, and so they were always swinging by and whatnot. Yeah, it's a good time. The Pink Palace. That guy's living the, the greatest keeps... life ever. The Schnobs is living a a very fine life. I want to get into that. I'm getting into robe life. I got a robe recently. You can do that. My very first robe ever. Are you... And I want to start just wearing it 24-7. Yep. It's hard to keep it tied properly. That's the thing that robe life you'll you'll probably have initial trouble with, where it doesn't like all slide out the front and then just open. Where I mean, I guess that's okay. If you're wearing board shorts and your robe, then that's cool. Season finale of Curb Your Enthusiasm this season. Um, Chaz Bono. He, Ooh, yeah. Larry in, interacts with Chaz Bono in the locker room and Chaz had, uh, his, had a, a hard time having his robe tied. Yeah. And so his, his, uh, dick would swing out and knock things off the counter. And that, <laughs> that became, uh, a significant part of the story, which is pretty amazing. That's really good. So. Anyways, for anybody who wasn't fully following my analogy, you and I are the Julian Schnabels in this analogy. Exactly. We are the we're creating high art while Prodan is creating smut. just for the masses smut. Yeah. He's creating the Transformers film franchise. We're creating high art. Yes. Good yes. good job, Prodan. I hope you're happy with your lowly position artistically. Your your lowly artistic position <laughs> with the hordes of capital coming in funding your your uh, Massively successful project. Uh, all right. Barrel or not. Yeah. Wearing a baseball cap backwards after the age of 35. Uh, I'm going to say nah. Full nah. Even. Even. There's like no ironic, no nothing. The problem is, okay, wearing a baseball hat after the age of 35 in general, I'm going to say is totally fine, right? Sure. If you have a head that can handle it. Well, you never think okay. of it. You never think one way or the other if you see an adult man wearing a ball cap, right? No, I yeah. don't. Yeah, but backwards, no. Okay. Any any kind of any kind of kink with your ball cap is not good. Like if your brim is too flat, if it's too curved, like any you you wear your ball cap the way God intended your ball cap to be worn after thirty five, which is blocking the sun from your eyes. Exactly. Because your eyes are now old and have likely cataracts. So uh, I I think we need to create a hierarchy even. Like forward, okay. Backwards, offensive, not okay. On the crooks, you deserve to get punched in the face by the first person who sees you wearing it that way. Totally true. Coughed on with coronavirus. It's what you For deserve. sure. Yeah. And then somewhere in that um spectrum we need to put like you said flat brim that probably goes not as offensive as backwards it's forward the brim is flat not as offensive as backwards and then the other one is putting having the foil sticker the, sticker. the new the, foil sticker if you're on 30, that is also if, if you're a 35 year old man that thing's off that thing comes off yeah for sure so. 34 you keep it on if you want if that's your thing can you wear it backwards at 34 i think so I think you can do whatever you want. You can, because you're still young enough to be kind of funky, right? But the clock strikes 35 and you're over. You're finished. You are a respectable part of American society at that point. Got it. If anybody ever sees me now from this point on with a baseball hat on backwards, you are welcome to cough in my face. What about though the Leonardo DiCaprio, the real super roundy, the like where the brim is just folded down? See, 
he like, gets a pass totally. because he's he's trying to hide from public view. That's that's true. what that's about. That's true. So he gets a pass. Would I get a pass? No, you would mm. not get a pass. Mm. Um, all right, we're going nah ball cap nah. on backwards. Yep, barrel or nah the home break challenge. Uh, what is the home break challenge? I'm gonna say nah already because it's a challenge. I'm nah on every single challenge. But describe for me the home break challenge. This is being pumped out by the WSL. I don't know if they started it or not, but as part of quarantine, is um, recreating like a stop motion video at home of you surfing. So, you know, like you'll take a blue sheet and get barreled underneath it, or set up a white sheet as the whitewash. And uh, so it's inf- not always stop motion. Sometimes it's just a photo, but yeah. I'm so infuriated by this concept. I am absolutely made livid. Again, surfing is the one thing you can actually do pretty safely. Much to Ron in New York chagrin, unless you're a Brooklyn surfer traveling to Rockaway Beach. But if you live by the beach, just go surfing for pity's sake. Home break. I oh, man. It's, I hope it fails so badly. I hope like four people do it and those people are embarrassed. And then the WSL... Like tried to get their challenge to take off. Like, what if you start a challenge that doesn't take off? How much shame do you feel? Just think how many. I mean, for every ice bucket well, challenge, just think how many. Like, how many people does it change to, to take to change a light bulb challenge or any kind of right. dumbass thing? You like, I'm sure there's a hundred, hundreds of thousands of failed challenges, and I hope this one the, is one of them. The problem is that the more stupid they are, the quicker they take off. Like yeah. the ice bucket challenge. Aside from it being for ALS reportedly, which I don't know how much it ever did for ALS, but just the the challenge itself of pouring ice water on your head is so stupid. Uh, like, why that, would that take off out of anything? Well, yeah. But back to the home break challenge. Dumb. I mean, there's like... Dumb. I was, shame on you, WSL. Eric Logan. This is what you're coming up with. You're sitting in your exactly. Santa Monica high tower, and this is what you came up with. For shame. We're going nah. Nah I, on the home break challenge. I heard a, I heard a rumor that uh, the WSL is going and offering uh, egregiously onerous contracts to all surf media and specifically telling those surf media that Beach Grit is not invited. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's actually great publicity for you guys. Yeah, it made me real happy. It made me real happy. You don't want an onerous uh, invite? I don't. I don't want the onerous invite. Don't want any invite okay. for pity's sake. All right. All right. Uh, final barrel or not nah. using the phrase, the new normal. Ah, oh, so nah, so nah. I mean, any phrase that, that hits, uh, that hits, I think public consumption at that level where so many people are using it is lame, but yeah, no, 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 no. So nah. were we three, no barrels? What is it? What is the new normal these days? Yeah. I mean, what is what is being called the new normal? Is there something specific? Working via Zoom. Oh, oh, this is yeah. the new normal. Starting drinking at two in the afternoon. Oh, I guess this is the new normal. Uh, you know, wearing so a mask normal. in public. New yeah. normal. Oh man, it's really, 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 really dumb. There's a there's a few times though where like I've um, God. Like where I I did something at kind of the beginning of a trend, not knowing it was going to be a trend and branded it that way. And about three months on, I'm like, oh, crap, I really wish that I would have done this differently or that the trend never caught on. I like using a certain song, let's say, in a podcast. And then three months later, it is the most played out pop song. And I look like I'm the one who is like late. But if you check the dates, 
I was early, you know, I've been, so I've that's been how using, I feel about the new normal. I've been using the word shuttered way too much for everything like shuttered breaks, shuttered, 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 where I'm seeing shuttered all the time now too. And thinking, why did yeah. I do that? Why did I jump on to the trendy words? So embarrassing. Go back and edit all of those articles and find I, a, uh, I need to sen- closed. I'll, I'll use the synonym, the proper synonym of closed or shut down. There you go. Damn it. How good was that? I don't know if you saw this on, uh, I don't know where, probably Instagram, but it was a strip club. And on their marquee out front, they said clothed until further notice. Oh, that's really good. That's good. See, I like that one. I like the. I thought that was pretty original. I like those linguistic funnies. Yeah, me too. Awesome. All right, Chaz. Well, beachgrid.com is where everybody can find you at surf journalist on Instagram. You got anything exciting going on in your uh, quarantine life? In the I'm, next few days, I'm planning to to join the rebellion. I have a I'm cooking up a scheme to rebel against these draconian anti surf logs laws. So uh, I'll keep you updated as to the progress. Re that. Will you do it in San Diego? It's I got, I'm going to keep it all secret until okay. the big reveal. What uh, are you going to see any elderly people for Easter? Uh, no. Nope. Keeping it tight. Keeping it tight. High and All tight. Right, are you, you are you seeing your folks? Um I'm gonna see one of my folk. Okay. My so my grandmother before this whole thing, she had a fall. So she moved in with my dad and my stepmom. So I'm not gonna see them because my grandmother is eighty five and there's more risk there. But I will be seeing my mother just briefly. I hope your grandmother got shamed for taking a hospital bed likely from a coronavirus payment patient for falling. <laughs> I, I hope you gave her great shame. Like granny, what were you doing walking? You know, that's a dangerous yeah. activity, granny. Yeah. See now I can retroactively use that as my excuse for not having gone and visited her in the hospital after she fell for like the, you could use it for the last 10 years. Just say that I, I had a sense that something was coming. Something was bubbling up in China. I just want to, I'm a good saying. I'm a good grandkid. Yeah. I was looking out for your long-term interest. I just wanted to keep you safe, Granny. Yeah. All right, Chaz. Well, uh, good luck. Stay safe. Keep the family safe. And uh, I guess I'll see you on the internet somewhere. Good luck editing this show. All right. Thank you. Until next week. Get barrel. All right. Whew. Man. All right, man. Later. Have a good day. Yeah.